around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and Descriptions. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and now Google Play. If you would like to send me an email, please send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do that at mbills314. Also, whichever streaming platform you happen to be listening on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or whichever have you, please leave a comment and rate it. You know, if you're a faithful listener, let me know how you enjoy on the podcast because that would truly bless me all right and also remember that before i even get into today's episode make sure you take time out to share this podcast with your family and friends and those who may have never even heard of it because we are endeavoring to make an impact not only in the podcast world but into the lives of each and every person that will listen with the word of god now let's get into today's episode this is episode 73 of faithful today the last part of the episodic series on faith uh we've been dealing with you know what is faith how does faith work um how faith is now you use faith for today not for tomorrow you'll worry about you won't worry about it but you will use faith for tomorrow when tomorrow gets here you know we looked at the scripture in matthew and you don't have to turn there in matthew chapter 6 verse 34 which says take therefore no thought for tomorrow for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself so that's where the title faith for today came from because god told us to not take any thought for tomorrow for tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself so that means that he wants us to focus on each day as each day comes so when monday gets here you don't you're not looking oh lord what i'm gonna do on friday you know to the point of worry that doesn't mean you don't plan out your day but he's talking about to the point of worry you know maybe something is due on friday or you have to make a decision on friday and you're worrying about it and jesus is telling us not to do that he said just focus on today if we focus on each day as each day comes by the time friday gets here the Lord will make sure that we're well prepared and all of our needs to be taken care of. All right. Now let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. How does faith come? So we know that faith is important and he wants us to have faith for today. How does faith come? Romans chapter 10, look at verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice what it does not say. It does not say faith comes by having heard. Oh, I heard that before. No, faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing continuously, hearing, right? So like I used the example before, we're listening to the weatherman or weather woman and they're giving the forecast for the week. They say on Monday morning, it's going to be scattered showers, going to start at 5 p.m., 30% chance. And then around 9 o'clock, the rain's going to cut off. Then at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a possible tornado watch, all that, right? So we're hearing that, we're reading that, and we're planning our day based around their prediction of what the weather is going to be, right? So we heard it, we believed it, 
And now we're acting on it to the point to where we're planning out our day. Well, guys, we can't go swimming because, you know, it's going to rain. So we're planning out our day. So we're moving in faith. That's just faith for natural things. But I'm trying to give you an example of how faith works. Right. So and I know you all have been there where sometimes the meteorologists have gave predictions on what the weather was going to be. And then when that day came. It never happened. You know, they say it was going to snow and never snow. They say it was going to rain and never rain. Or it got hotter than they anticipated. Why? Because they're just making educated guesses. It's not all, you know, it's not set in stone. They can mess up. Right? But yet we still take their word for it. They failed us before. They've lied. You know, not intentionally. But hey, they told us certain things and we believed it. And you know what? We keep checking the weather app. I go to my iPhone. I check the weather app continuously all the time. But why when it comes to the Lord, we tend to freeze up? Or we tend to, well, I don't know about that. Well, here's a God that has never failed. He cannot lie. Everything that he do is victorious. He wins every battle. Have never lost a case. (laughs) So why is it that we don't take him at his word? Oh, well, you know, this because there's so many, so many translations and interpretations. Is that so? Now, there may be different versions, so to speak, of the Bible, but there's only one translation. You know, let me break this down. And I'm not, I wouldn't intend to get into this, but I feel led to go down this path just to give a little insight. The Bible, the Old Testament was, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. So just establish those two, right? I'm in America. I don't speak Hebrew or Greek. Sure, I can go study it, but I really don't have a desire to. (laughs) Maybe I will in the future, but I don't, right? But I have it. So how are people who speak English were going to read the word of God? We need a translator. So you need someone who spoke Hebrew, who spoke Greek to translate the words into English. Just like any words. So that's it. And if you get the different versions, they're just breaking down words to out to the level of our comprehension they're not necessarily taking anything away it's just like our dialect our dialogue in america we say dog we know a dog is an animal some people when they say dog they're not referring to an animal they're referring to a person d-a-w-g right now the second dog is not derogatory it's just a slang term so in different versions you may have different words that mean the same thing but they just kind of broke it down a little bit to the level of your comprehension in english so people try to get off and say well i can't believe well listen the essence of his word will never change the essence of his word is still the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ that's the gospel so you can't ever get away from that all right our day by day living faith you're not going to get away from these things So the versions, yes, there are many versions. There's only one translation, though. But I just wanted to share all that. We can dig into that. You can do your own little study about that if you would like. But P. 
people just try to use excuses as to why they don't want to obey God's word. Now, surely we do need some understanding. And that's one of my purposes of being here is to give clarity and understanding of the word. And also you need to rightly divide the word. Right. All right. Let's get back on topic. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if God says something, you hear it right to the point to where you believe it. And now you're acting on it. Now you're in faith. Now you're moving in faith. But you have to hear it first. Faith comes by hearing. So if you have a situation in your physical body where maybe you're dealing with some physical challenges, right? And you hear the word of God being taught or preached on healing. You're seeing the scriptures on healing and you're listening to the word of God on healing. What's going to happen is the word is going to get into your spirit and it's going to generate faith, trust and confidence in God. That's what faith is, right? Trust and confidence in God to the point to where you act on his word. So let me give you a practical definition of faith. A practical it is a practical expression of your trust and confidence that you have in God and in his word. So faith is acting on what you believe. Okay, so you're hearing the word on healing. You have a physical situation going on. You're hearing the word of God on healing. Faith is being generated. Faith is coming. Right now you're acting on it. What you mean acting on it? Or whatever the scripture tells you to do when it comes to healing. One of the ways he says, call for the elders of the church. They will pray over you, anointing you with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. And if there's been any sins, it will be forgiven. Right. So anointing oil is a way where believers, whereby believers can receive their healing. Just one way. There are many ways, but that's just one way that I wanted to speak on. But I'm saying you hear that preached, you hear that talk. And what happened? You move out on that. So what you're going to do? Have a believer anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith over you, and you receive your healing by faith. Right. You hear in a situation, you having a financial situation going on, you know, you you're in debt over to your head and you're just having a hard time financially. Well, the Bible has a financial plan, so to speak, for the believer. God shows us in his word how we're able to get ahead financially. So if you're hearing that taught and preached what is that generating faith faith for what faith for finances so you can have faith for different things but you're hearing you're hearing the word taught on a particular subject is generating faith for that particular situation so if you're having a hard time financially and you're hearing that it's god's will that you prosper financially and then he tells you the way biblically how to get ahead and you act on that and one of those ways is giving then you reap the benefits of it, right? So those are just two examples, but anything, you know, you're having a hard time with your children and you listen, you're hearing the word of God being taught on children, you know, and, and, and things you can do for them and so forth. Yeah, that's generating faith. So faith comes by hearing. Look at verse three. It says, I'm sorry, look at verse one. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, 
the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Nothing that you can see currently made any of this. You can't point to anything and say, hey, this is what created the world. This is what made the world. No, you can't point to anything naturally because it was through faith the Lord spoke this world into manifestation. So the world was framed. Think of a picture frame or think of a framing of a house or framing of anything. This world was framed by the word of God. Got it? So God framed this world with his word. Now let's jump on down to verse six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith, period. So just stopping right there, he says it is impossible to please him without faith. So it seems like faith is very important. So people may say, well, how important is faith? pretty important because you can't please the Lord without it most people want to see it before they believe it God says you need to believe it before you see it that's God's way that's faith he wants us to be able to read it hear it act on it that's why I made that particular parallel when it comes to the weather person because we we do it every day to different things it's just when it comes to the Lord Oh, well, because I can't see him. What? There's a lot of things we can't see that we still believe. Because it, it, anyway, you you know what I'm talking about. There's plenty of things that we've read. We read books on authors, the authors we've never met, uh, authors that have, may have uh, passed on already. And someone told us to get this book. We don't have any reference points. We just going based off what they said and we believe in it and going and tell other people, go get the book. Good information in there. I applied it to my life. That's faith. So it says it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So you can't even come to God without believing that he exists. You must first believe that God exists. That there is a God. That's faith because you can't see him, but you can see his work. You can see the heavens, you can see the sky, you can see the sun, you can see the moon, you can see the ocean. How the If you've ever been to a beach in the ocean, the water knows exactly when it comes up to a certain point and it comes right back. Like You see all of that. You see his work. You may not see him, but you see his work. Therefore, you know he exists. Someone greater than yourself exists. And we're not all that great, but <laughs> anyway verse 7 it says it was by faith that noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood he obeyed god who warned him about things that had never happened before by faith by his faith noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith so you know the story of noah you know he had to gather all the animals and every creeping thing and put them on the boat all the people because it was going to flood it was going to be a large flood that was going to wipe out the world prior to that it had never rained before but noah heard god speak to him and say build a boat it's going to rain it's going to flood 
It never happened before. But look at this. He obeyed God. He built the boat and he was saved from the flood. He did that by faith. No external evidence that there was going to rain because it never rained. So he didn't even he couldn't he couldn't turn on Channel 4 or he couldn't Google. He, he, he had no reference points. Get connected to the word on a whole nother level. Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures podcast with Martinez. Today I can see a fallen world And I can only imagine them falling in love with you Falling in love with you Sell a crown just to be a king Hit the block and lose sleep just to get a dream Can't explain the trinity but wizards hit the triple beam You think his aim's bad, you should see the flipping team No Martin Louis, couple Sam Bowie strapped with the coolie Call him out, you might hear it ring These suckers on the TV be the leaders We screaming the kids blind but they swearing they can't see a thing The people perish but they deem them all worthless So without Mr. Warren I know I got a purpose Adding the team, now I feel like I'm in surplus so high, Greg, no, couldn't surf us. Lewis Cat and see all they was raising D ball, and I was eating mad beats. Wanna see more? Feed me, feed me. If I wrote this story, you uh, probably wouldn't believe me. But believe me, we do it out of time. Cause where I'm from, just because you seek doesn't mean you find. Burden with the burning, so there's purpose in every single line. Flirting with the worthless when I worry if they feel my rhymes. I do it all the time, just wanna be some kings though. But we can't be following ways that we know. Don't act like you ain't no kings die every day. But we live forever, kings who die every day. What a complicated statement, and it doesn't make sense because it's all in how you say it. Complimenting contradictions, how do I explain this? God beginning to make us like himself is crazy, ain't it? Royalty is my positioning because he paid it. All at the cross, he died, the one who made us. And so you understand this, when we call ourselves kings, he only gave us crowns so we can put him at his feet, yeah. Today I can see falling world, I can only Yeah, I daydream, but then I wake up to the smell of the top dog And hell shell cell, they developing hot bars But if they so hot, y'all, then why ain't they melting the locks off? And seldom do we help them, cause we felt them then drop jaws Amazement, we paid them, propel them to top charts Encore, put our Lion King in the cages We privately entertain the elephant in the room Pop culture's popcorn religion Got all the Christian rappers trying to be rock stars Admit it, well not, uh Stop, pause, and listen, it's not art commission without cause of vision. Yo, this is cinema rap, no bootleg. Complete my mini fiasco with Lupe's loop. Play me in her in the theater of my soul. It's hard to get soulless. But 
Yes, Lord, I accept your scepter. It's Solomon's song from the prodigal son who left you. Here for a reason, not a contingency. Was an empty seed just a fetus formed with a Matt Damon chemistry? Till the Trinity's entity entered me with a reborn identity. Now I remember things. I'm a king instantly. Cause I was bought with a lot of blood. I enjoyed that invoice unemployed. The boss got me fired up. Jeremiah up. Let's open the Bible up. Speaking of 29, leaping to 2911. Uh-uh. Look what his plans do to me. King lives inside of me. So what can man do to me? Cross got me fired up. What the clan do to me? Preach without a pulpit. Teach without a podium. Each with the tools that's giving the world the sodium. They parched. The song I'm speaking of ain't the Jolie one. Cause we only come to thirst for the king through his holy son, Jesus. This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. Only thing he had was God's word. God said it. Well, no, God said it. So I'm I'm going to do it. Well, how do you what? Well, God said it. So and he can't lie. So that means it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. What time he's going to deliver it? But it's going to happen. That's faith. Verse eight. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. You can find that in Genesis chapter 12, the story of Abraham. Abraham, God called Abraham out of his land, out of his country, told him to go to another land that he's never been to. And he says, I'm going to give you an inheritance. But he didn't necessarily know where he was going. He didn't say, hey, we're going to go over here to the west side of the country. He didn't say, he said, just follow me get out this land and go to where i'll show you but he didn't know where he was going but he trusted the word of god that's what we have to do we have to trust the word of god his physical word what we're reading now and also the word that he will speak to your heart now the word that he speaks to your heart is never going to contradict the written word, okay? So for instance, the reason why I said you have to trust the word he speaks to you, there's nowhere in the Bible that tells you to move to Texas. I'm just throwing Texas out there. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that tells you move to Atlanta or different things like that. You have to be led and get direction by the Spirit of God. Now, there are certain uh, biblical God points you can use to make sure that you're you know, within right standing, like you need to pay attention to the peace of God when you're willing to make a, a move like that, or you need to pay, you need to get wise counsel and just different things. But God will speak to you. He'll say, yes, I want you to go here. Or he may say, no, it's not time yet. Or no, I never wanted you to do that. I want you to do this, but you keep running from this, trying to go over here, but I want you to go here. I can only bless you here. I can't bless you over there. You see what I'm saying? So we have to trust that. It may not make sense. So you may be thinking, I want to move to Atlanta because Atlanta is like the hub of everything that you think that you would need and want as far as the industry that you're in. But the Lord said, nah, I want you to go down to Birmingham. Birmingham? Ain't nothing in Birmingham. Hey, he told you to go to Birmingham. But you're not going to know what's waiting for you in Birmingham until what? You go to Birmingham. He's not going to fail us. He's not going to disappoint. Sure, naturally, you know, stepping out on faith and doing things can be naturally scary. 
for lack of a better word. But he promised. Let's go to that. Let's go back to Romans 10. He promised this verse 11, Romans 10, verse 11. It says, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. The King James says, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So he promises that if we trust and believe in him, we won't be ashamed. That's a promise. And I'm a witness to it. I've never believed God for anything and was ashamed. Sure, I had ways Sure, I had in my mind of possibly, you know, how I will have wanted him to do this particular thing I want him to do in my life. But the way that he delivered it was unlike anything that I could have ever fathomed. That's what I'm saying. You, you're, you're not going to be ashamed. You think you're going to be ashamed because you want him to do, a, do it a particular way. He's not obligated to do it your way. He's only obligated to do it his way. And he doesn't have to tell you his way as far as how he's going to do it. I'm going to do this by next Tuesday at 7 o'clock. He don't have to tell you that. All we have to do is believe what he said, stand in faith, and let him work. That's it. Now let's keep going. Let's go to Romans 4. We're already in Romans. Let's go on back to uh, the chapter 4 of Romans. Look at verse 18 through 20. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, notice the key, God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Now, this is so much in here that if this didn't build your faith up, I don't know what will. <laughs> because here it is where God promised Abraham a son. God promised Abraham a son. He promised him a son, but Abraham was a hundred years old. He figured he's his body's good as dead, he can't produce anything and then his wife her womb is dead she can't produce anything notice how god waited until it was impossible now the bible says we read that without faith it is impossible to please him god waited until the situation was impossible but he had the word from god that's what kept him strong not the fact that he was 100 years old because naturally, no, you, what you going to do at 100? But the word of God that was spoken to him grew in his heart. He continued to trust in God despite his natural circumstance. And because his faith grew, he saw the fulfillment of God's promise. Now that doesn't mean, and I, you know, people use stories like this and then they try to make out something and apply it to them that God didn't intend. He's not saying that 
you know, you 25 now or 35 now. Oh, Lord, well, that mean I'm not going to achieve this until I'm like six. No, it doesn't mean that you're going to achieve, you know, things at a late age because of Abraham. He's showing us this. He's showing us Abraham's faith. Abraham was already old when God first called him. He was like 75 years old. So he's not saying that the age factor. Now, age is not a factor that applies to you. He's just saying the faith, your faith has to be intact. He didn't weaken. He didn't allow his natural circumstance to cause him to pull back. Like, oh, no, I'm good. I thought God was going to do it, but I guess not. Maybe he's uh, punishing me for that situation I did in 2011. No, that's the devil deceiving you. It has nothing to do with it. If you confess your sin, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He says, I will remember your sins no more. So if he is not going to remember your sin anymore, how can he bring it up? He can't. He doesn't remember it. You confessed it. The moment you confess your sin, that's the moment you got rid of it. So once you stand before him, and even as you're living here on earth, he's not going to bring that up to you again. Satan will and try to bring condemnation to keep you from moving forward. But that's not God. God knows that condemnation, guilt, shame will stagnate your faith. So you have to make sure that all guilt, shame and stuff is removed out of your heart. Faith also, I want you to understand this, faith is not the product of reason which is the product of logic god isn't logical so you can't read the bible and say oh this is this doesn't seem logical it's not logical the bible is not logical faith is not a product of logic it's not a product of reason it's faith there is a difference let me show you what i'm saying let's go to the last scripture john chapter 9 Look at verse one. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents sins? See, they thought that sin made the man blind. That because of something that happened with his parents sin that it caused the man to be born blind. Jesus said it was not because of his sins or his parents sins. Jesus answered this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse six. Then he spit. That's right. He spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went. Uh oh, here's faith in action. The man went. God said, go wash yourself. And he went. If he would not have went. He would have still been blind. But it says, he said, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And says, so the man went and washed and came back singing. His neighbors and others knew him as a blind beggar. 
asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. That's just his cousin or something. I put that in there. <laughs> but the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? Verse 11, he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed. And now I can see. So as I was stating, the Bible and faith is not logical or faith is not logical. Faith is not logical. It's not logical to spit in mud, spit on the ground, make mud from your saliva and rub it on somebody's eyes. Then tell them now go wash your face in the pool. And once you do that, you'll be able to see that's not logical. That doesn't even that doesn't make natural sense because you're thinking, well, how, how is that going to happen? But that's faith, not sense. So no, it may not make sense, but it does make faith. You understand that? I want you to even once this podcast is over, read, go read that whole story. Read through those verses again. John nine verses one through twelve and ask God to reveal and give you revelation of that, because that was amazing. The Lord is wonderful. And if you don't think that he's still performing miracles today, then you're sadly misguided because he still performs miracles today. No, he can't spit up the sky <laughs> and, and, and make mud and rub it on your eyes. But he has made ways that now in this day and age whereby we can receive our healing or whatever it is that we need. But it all has to be by faith. And I don't want you to think, well, yeah, they believe Jesus because they could see Jesus. Yeah, but we can read in the scripture plenty of times where people saw Jesus and still doubted. They heard things about him. They didn't believe it. So it had nothing to do with him being physically there. People didn't believe him. He was standing right in front of them. I can read you the scripture about doubting Thomas when Jesus was rose from the dead and he came back. Well, when Jesus rose from the dead and he was walking and then he came to Thomas, one of the disciples, and Jesus said, you know, it's me, here am I. And, and Thomas said, uh, let me see the holes in your hands. Let me let me see all that. Let me. And he told Thomas, because you've seen the holes in my hands, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. Hallelujah. So it's not about seeing. Get the seeing it before I get it first out your head. That's the world's way. God's way is believe what I said. And once you believe what I said and do what I said, then you'll see it. Amen. I pray this podcast has been a blessing to you. If it has been, please share this with your family and with your friends. Remember also that you can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as Google Play. You can also send emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter verse. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.